Welcome to Dishing Up Nutrition with licensed nutritionists and dietitians from Nutritional Weight and Wellness. We explain the connection between what you eat and how you feel. Stay tuned for practical, real-life solutions for healthier living through real food nutrition. Slow down, you move too fast. You got to make the morning last. Just kicking down. Well, welcome to Dishing Up Nutrition, brought to you by Nutritional Weight and Wellness. This is the Saturday before Thanksgiving, right? That's right. So on behalf of Dar and our entire staff at Dishing Up Nutrition and Nutritional Weight and Wellness, I say thank you. We all say thank you. That's right. Thank you for listening to our live Dishing Up Nutrition shows and our weekly show podcasts, for taking one or many of our nutrition classes at Nutritional Weight and Wellness, and thank you for making appointments with our nutritionists and dietitians And also for trusting us with your supplement choices. So with you, we want to build a community of like-minded people who believe in nutrition and balanced eating are really the foundation to good health. And you know, Dar started this radio show, Dishing Up Nutrition, just a few years ago, 15 to be exact. It's been 15 already. (laughs) I know. And she had one goal in mind, and that was to present information to you, our listeners, in a manner you could understand, so you could take that information and make positive changes in your own health and your own well-being. And that really is still our goal today, isn't it, Joanne? It is. You know, I, I am Marcy Vasky, and I am a certified and licensed nutritionist. And it was this time of year that we had to send in all of my continuing education credits to the Board of Dietetics and Nutrition Practice, and also had to pay my darn licensing fee again, again <laughs> to the state. <laughs> but um, and so now I'm licensed and ready to go, uh, continuing to practice nutrition for uh, just another three years until all that comes to a head again. That's so, right. Yay! I'm glad that's over. <laughs> so today we have a very educational and rather timely topic. I think you it know? is. So especially during this season of cooking, what we want to talk to you today about is the best fats for cooking. Mm-hmm. And joining me this morning, you already heard her voice, is Joanne Rideout. And Joanne is a registered and licensed dietitian, and she has been for over 30 years. Yeah, a long time. Yeah. <laughs> Lots of wisdom, though. I love that. Thank you. So last weekend, she actually was teaching our menopause seminar, which she does a lot, don't you, mm-hmm. Joanne? I do. Yeah. We have it three times a year. Yeah, so it seems like a lot. (laughs) Um, It's a really popular hormone workshop, and people love it. It's, you know, the place is full, and now she's here with me again today, up early to do Dishing Up Nutrition. And what's really important, why I'm happy to have her in in studio with me today, is that Joanne loves to cook. I do love to cook. Good. So we have that in in common. Yes. (laughs) So she cooks for her family and all of her cute little grandchildren that are running around. Yep. And I have a question for you, Joanne. What first came to mind when you learned of the title we were going to do today, The Best Fats for Cooking? Well, the first thought I had was it's so much fun, fun to cook when you use real fats. It really is. It really enhances the flavor. Everything comes out tasting so good. My family actually eats... More vegetables than they used to since I started cooking them (laughs) in butter. 
Um, and it's so gratifying to see them eating all their vegetables. And even my three-year-old granddaughter, Abby, will take seconds on her green beans. Oh, fine. Always. She loves them. So in the past, during those low-fat years of nutrition and cooking, we were steaming our vegetables. Oftentimes, those vegetables, people would take a few but not eat very many. Right. Because we're just um, putting maybe some salt on there. That's pretty right. bland. That was pretty boring. So the other thing that came to mind was a lot of people really don't know what oils are the best to use when cooking at different temperature. And that's an area, too, where I think the research is changing and and the experts are telling us something that they did differently than they did a few years ago. So we're going to review all of that today. Um, so, Marcy, I think we should teach um, the types of fats and oils to buy and use. And then we can discuss what oils to use when we're sauteing or when we're cooking foods over higher heat. Yeah, I think that sounds like a great idea. So we'll do it. We'll just kind of first talk in the the first part of the show about the good and beneficial fats to use for cooking. And then we'll talk about bad fats Mm -hmm. and, and, you know, what to avoid because those damage our cells. And during the last part of the show, we'll invite all of you guys, our listeners out there, to call in and ask your questions about good, about any fats, fats and oils. That's right. And so because I do a lot of sauteing of both meat and vegetables, let's start our discussion with the fats and oil to use for sauteing. I'm always looking to bring out the flavor of the meat and the vegetables. So I'm using a variety of fats. Yeah. So if I'm cooking vegetables for four or five people, I might start with at least two, sometimes three different fats or oils in the pan. Um so I usually use some butter, a couple teaspoons of butter, a couple teaspoons of coconut oil. I might be using two teaspoons of avocado oil. I don't add olive oil, which mm-hmm. is kind of new news for, for, for a lot of people. Yeah, I would agree. Um, it's typically I get busy doing something else. So I know that the heat can get too high with olive oil. So I'm really careful about that. So I, I like to stick with the butter, coconut oil, avocado oil that we can go a little higher with the heat. Mm-hmm. So if I'm sauteing carrots and broccoli and cauliflower together, I might use two teaspoons each of that ghee, coconut oil, avocado oil. Although generally we don't recommend high heat cooking, even the most stable oils can break down. So all these oils should hold up under higher heat. They really enhance the flavor of the vegetables. Yeah, they really do. And so some of those high heat oils, just to kind of recap that quickly, would be the ghee and the coconut oil and then an avocado oil. Mm -hmm. But for all of you out there, not an olive oil. Right. Right? Okay. So let's dig into each of them just a little bit more. Uh, if you're sautéing, we want to recommend that combination of fats and oils. So let's just start out with butter. Mm-hmm. So butter, everybody loves butter, right? right? Especially good. everybody <laughs> at Nutritional Weight and Wellness. Of course we do. Um, and when we talk about butter, we're talking about grass-fed, hormone-free, which is really going to be best for us. That's it right. Ad- yeah. It adds some good richness to our vegetables. And like Joanne said, her granddaughter's even going back for seconds on those things. That's right. So some of the hidden benefits of butter can be it increases our metabolism. 
It's great for our brain. I know. I always (laughs) tell people this and they're like, really? I'm going to eat butter? Yeah, "Yeah." exactly. Um, And it's great for our brain. It even has a lot of the vitamins and minerals for our to have good thyroid health. So just really all around. That's butter. That's what we're saying. Yep. That's a really good place to start. So if you want to get a little more technical about it, ghee... Um, you heard me mention is clarified butter. Mm-hmm. So you can make it yourself by heating and straining and all of that. But if you don't want to do that, um, you can buy that at Whole Foods or Trader Joe's yeah, co-ops. or some yeah. of the co-ops and, you know, some of the places that sell more natural foods. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's good for high heat. I was actually surprised. I look up the temperature for ghee and that was the highest of all the temperatures I I found. And we can go up to 485 degrees with ghee. Wow, that's high. So basically, because you get those milk solids out, you can heat it even higher than butter. Right. So it is a little expensive if you're buying it. Um, so you could use a couple teaspoons of ghee, though, mm-hmm. and a few teaspoons of butter. You still get that great flavor and you're, you still get that great taste. So it's really good for sautéing vegetables. I especially love to use it in the morning when I'm sautéing some vegetables and then adding eggs. And yeah. so putting it and having that for breakfast makes it really good. Yeah, that sounds delicious. Um, and, you know, the next one I want to talk about is coconut oil. Mm-hmm. I love coconut oil. Um, so in coconut oil, it's kind of gotten a bad rap in the last couple years or longer perhaps mm-hmm. right um and why people are kind of controversial about it is that it is made up of saturated fat that's right but we know that's at nutritional right. weight and wellness we and do. anyone in our field that coconut oil is wonderful because it is saturated fat right. that's why we love it um and one reason for that is all of our little cells in our body they are made up of fat, those cell membranes, mm-hmm. and half of it is saturated fat. So right. we want that in our systems. That's right. The other great things about coconut oil to remember is that coconut oil is antiviral, antibacterial, antifungal, and even if taken at high dosages around maybe seven tablespoons a day can actually and has been shown to be helping people restore their memory. That's so, right. I mean, there's no reason not to add some of that into some good cooking. Throw it on your vegetables. Right. Um, yeah. Right. We've had podcasts, a few podcasts back a few years ago. We had some podcasts on Alzheimer's disease mm, and how yes. coconut oil can help with that process. Right. For sure. So um, I think it's just about time for it break. It sure is. So we'll just head right into it. You are listening to Dishing Up Nutrition. As a parent of twins, I'm always looking for new healthy snack ideas. So here's one that you might want to try and might enjoy. Take a Wasa-like cracker, so or even one of those Wasa gluten-free crackers would mm-hmm. be fine too. And then I'll spread a little bit of butter, maybe one or two teaspoons on top of it. Throw on some good quality cheese. I know some people really like goat cheese, um, but whatever is your favorite, then mm-hmm. just slide it right into your toaster oven and let the cheese melt. And then you can either dip it in some like uh, pizza sauce and you have like little mini pizzas or even just use the sauce on top. So my kids love it. Nice. I love it. Yum. That's a great snack. And we'll be back. 
Knowing how to eat the right food can change your health, change your body, and change your outlook. That's what they preach at Nutritional Weight and Wellness, and Christy is one of their success stories who proves it. Yeah, I battled my weight all my life, tried many different diets, and then had gastric bypass surgery, but gained all the weight back. And that's when you heard about the 12-week Nutrition for Weight Loss class they have at Nutritional Weight and Wellness? I did. I heard about it on Dishing Up Nutrition, the radio show, and decided that it was a good thing for me to try. And how did it work? It worked great. I took the Nutrition for Weight Loss 12-week class. I lost 40 pounds. And more importantly, I feel good. I'm healthy, no aches and pains. I sleep better than I ever have. It's just perfect and personalized for me. Could Nutrition for Weight Loss help you like it helped Christy? You can take it in person like she did or take the class online. Find out more at weightandwellness.com or give them a call, 651-699-3438. Welcome back to Dishing Up Nutrition. Today we are discussing fats and oils to use in your everyday cooking. So, as we're talking about good fats, here's a real easy snack my young granddaughters actually love, and it's so simple. So I take two or three slices of organic deli ham or turkey. Um, sometimes even Canadian bacon works in there. Um, I spread cream cheese on each slice of meat and maybe a little bit of avocado mayo. Then I roll them up. One of them loves pickles, so I put a pickle in for one. The mm-hmm. other one doesn't like them yet, but she doesn't have a pickle. Mm-hmm. But I wrap each of them in wax paper with a fun napkin. Um, my granddaughters love eating those roll-ups with fresh blueberries. Ooh, yum. That's also another one of their favorites. So putting the blueberries in a holiday cup makes it more fun. Also, no dishes then. There you go. So I know how important protein and fat is for good brain development. So this snack is a real winner. Sometimes... Um, one of them will go to the refrigerator and start grabbing fruit or give, go to the cupboard and start grabbing raisins. That's when I know it's time to give the hand, the little roll-up snack because I know they yeah. actually need that protein then. Yeah, they're looking for carbs. You know they're hungry. That's right. Adults generally would like the pickle slices in the roll-ups, um, but you can do it whichever way works best. That's right. You sure can. That's right. So I think we're going to get back into our fats here. That's right. And Joanne, we were ending with coconut oil. Yes. So Marcy went through all the benefits of coconut oil. We were talking about how coconut oil, butter, and ghee are all saturated fats. And and Marcy started to explain that with the cell wall, Mm -hmm. um, how those saturated fats make up about 50% of our cell wall, of the cell membrane. And that helps to keep those free radicals, the viruses, the bacteria, the cancer cells. So it really keeps our immune system strong. Mm -hmm. They can't get through the cell membrane then. Um, So in the past, you might have been told to stay away from saturated fats. But you know, we don't tell you that at this at Nutritional Weight and Wellness. The bottom line is that saturated fats help to protect ourselves from disease. That's right. That is the bottom line. Mm-hmm. So eat them, everyone. Yes. You're safe. <laughs> You'll be safer. Exactly. Right? Okay. So let's go into lard. 
And yes, we are telling you to eat lard. <laughs> a lot of people are like, really? What? <laughs> you are, you guys have completely lost your mind, but we haven't. We haven't. Um, so where can you get, buy some lard? You can get it at the co-ops, maybe some Whole Foods, um, Trader Joe's. Those places are going to have the good lard that you want to be purchasing. And when we're thinking about, I just mentioned good lard. And what I'm talking about is that, you know, there's going to be hydrogenated and non-hydrogenated lard. But before I get there, people might be wondering, well, what's the difference between lard and Crisco? Well, Crisco is going to be made up of that partially hydrogenated vegetable oil, Mm -hmm. which we talk a lot about in our classes, in Mm -hmm. our counseling, but that is a damaged fat, right? That is the fats that are going to break down our cell membranes. So we don't want that. Lard is comes from a pig fat, and what's interesting, uh, just a really quick little interesting fact, is that pork makes up about 40% of the world's meat production. That's quite a bit. Um, so when you're looking for what kind of lard to purchase, you want to be getting lard from a pastured from pastured pork, not the conventional pork. So that means. Conventional pork would be pigs raised on GMO grains, which are also, which the grains are tainted with that glyphosate, which is AKA Roundup, and antibiotic laced foods. So the conventional uh, grown or pork is not going to be something you want to look for. You want to look for that pastured pork. And then I mentioned just a little bit earlier, you know, the difference between that hydrogenated and then non hydrogenated lard. And what happens is that they will put hydrogen in the lard and in the hydrogenated lard, they put a lot of it in and it becomes kind of like soft whipped shortening. So it's easier to use in processed Mm -hmm. foods. Right. And inside of that is then a lot more chemicals that we just don't need. Our body is already taxed on, you know, just the toxins in the air sometimes. So we don't need to put any more in it. That's right. Yeah. So another good healthy fat is bacon. Yes. Bacon fat. So everybody loves bacon, right? Well, for sure. We recommend um, bacon that is nitrate-free and hormone-free, bacon that comes from pigs raised on the non-genetically modified grains, so not raised on corn. Um, And I like to save bacon grease. To cook eggs and vegetables, like Brussels sprouts in the grease. So, so that's just one example. Yeah, yeah. My family never would eat Brussels sprouts until I started eating them, putting them, making them with the bacon grease. It's <laughs> yummy. And if you really want to do a good number on, you know, you can top it off with some crumbled bacon. Yeah, for when sure. When you're serving it and it, it tastes so yummy. Just delicious. Easy, too. Right? It is. I mean... Real food is easy. It and, is. You know, that's what we always try to tell everyone. Um, so where can we get some good bacon from, right? We want to get bacon from, again, those pastured pigs, not caged pigs. Mm-hmm. So because, again, kind of going back to what they're eating, what happens is that <clears throat> when they're eating that GMO corn, soy, or wheat, those types of um corn and soy is going to be filled with toxins. And so those toxins get stored in their fats. Yep. And if we're cooking our bacon down and we save that grease, that means we're just swallowing toxins if we 
we're choosing that kind of bacon. Mm -hmm. So that's why we're always suggesting and recommending that um, grass-fed pork. And another great little tidbit of information about some bacon and bacon grease is that there's 10,000 more I use a vitamin D per tablespoon. That's pretty amazing, isn't it? It really is. Yep. Yeah, I didn't I didn't know that. So that's pretty cool. Um, bacon and lard are also made up of 50% monosaturated fat. And what was really interesting is that that's the kind of fat that's also in avocados and olives. Yep. And people are like, oh, I eat olives all day long. And then you say, well, have have use some bacon grease to cook your eggs in. I'm like, what are you talking about? You right. know, no way. But yeah, it's no different than eating your avocados all day long. And one fourth of our cell membranes, kind of going back to that, you know, physiological portion is that is made up of monosaturated fats. So again, we need good fats to keep those That's cell membranes right. healthy. That's right. Yeah, bacon fat is the best. I love it. Mm-hmm. Um, and sometimes I use that in my breakfast as well. Cooking Depending your eggs in it I've, or whatever yeah, you're doing. Yeah, exactly. So the other oil I use to cook at a higher temperature is avocado oil. Yeah, it's so a nice one. So that's a little bit newer oil on the market. Mm-hmm. Um, avocado oil is also high in those monounsaturated fats. And it has a high smoke point. So that makes it really good for frying. Although we said earlier, we don't really recommend a lot of like deep fat frying, but it's still good for frying um, when you need that kind of a fat. Mm -hmm. Um, So the other thing I want to mention very quickly is avocado mayo, because you want to get pure avocado mayo without the other oils. There are a few brands on the market that have... Um, jumped in on the bandwagon yes, with avocado oil. And unfortunately, when you read the label, first ingredient, soybean oil. Yep. Second ingredient, canola oil. So those are two negative fats. Yeah. And then they've got avocado oil in there as well. So and they're calling it avocado uh, oil mayo. calling so. it avocado oil mayo. So be careful with that. That's right. Always look at what's really in it. Exactly. So we are going to head to our second break, and you are listening to Dishing Up Nutrition. And we are discussing what fats and oils you should use in your home cooking. So as I mentioned earlier, I am a very busy mom of of some cute little twins. And <laughs> they are cute. Of course, I think they're cute. <laughs> um, so I'm also looking for shortcuts to save time always, right? And who isn't? Right. So particularly in the morning. So what I've, what I like to do is I'll kind of cook up maybe two or three pounds of bacon at one time. And then I'll just store it in some, um, pint jars in the fridge. And then when I'm cooking up their breakfast, I'll just add in a couple, two or three strips of bacon. And the kids love it. Easy makes, you know, great protein there in the morning. And so to eat real food, we have to plan ahead and that's planning ahead, you know, bake it up. Exactly. Um, before you need it. So especially those bad fats, we don't want them to slide into our meals. So again, we need to plan ahead. When we come back from break, we're going to um, take your calls about fats and oils. So give us a call in the studio at 651-641-1071. Welcome back to Dishing Up Nutrition. We want to thank you again for listening to Dishing Up Nutrition this radio show has been of value to you and your family, please let us know. We are so pleased to share with you 
that we've had several listeners who've lost over 100 pounds from listening to us talk about eating real food and by putting many of the recommendations and the information that we presented on dishing up nutrition into practice into their own lives. That's awesome. It is. And I know many people who've lost between 30 and 40 pounds, oh, too. Oh, for sure. So, yeah. I mean, it it's really, really works well. Changes your life. And not just weight loss, but sometimes very good health changes as well. So, please invite your family and friends to listen to our live show and share the podcast of today's show on fats and oils with your family and friends. So, coming up, coming up in December... We have a great show about putting osteoporosis into remission, and we have another inspiring show on foods to improve fertility. Um, on December 15th, Dar and Marcy are going to be talking about food habits and depression. Mm-hmm. So real food supports your bones, your fertility, your brain, and your moods. So basically everything? Everything, exactly. <clears throat> yeah. Eating real food is almost magical. And our great-grandparents, or grandparents, depending what generation we are, Mm -hmm. they knew how to eat. They did. They definitely knew how to eat. eat beautifully. Yeah. Um, So we appreciate you taking the time to rate us on iTunes so more people can benefit from the nutritional information we share each week. Perfect. Yes. So let's get back into our uh, topic today, which is what kind of good fats are good for cooking? Um, so we're always talking about those good fats that support our healthy cell membranes. So things like butter, ghee, lard, coconut oil, um, bacon fat, bacon grease. And kind of just to quickly re- recap on that bacon fat and bacon grease. We want to purchase bacon that's nitrate free. So if right. you're out there looking for stuff um, in the stores, that's what you want to look for, those keywords. And also... Things that are going to support our cell membranes is going to be some good avocado oil. Mm-hmm. So they can all be used for frying, and Joanne mentioned that before break. But it's also better to cook at a low temperature so that the fat doesn't get damaged. Because we can take these great fats that are so wonderful for us and actually damage them. Right. You know, on our very own. So a great book that will help you understand good fats, if you want to kind of dig deeper into some mm-hmm. of this, is called... Nourishing Fats, Why We Need Animal Fats for Health and Happiness. And this is written by Sally Fallon Morale. And she's the president of Weston A. Price Foundation. And the Weston A. Price Foundation is a great source of information in general. So it is. you can just even start there. Yeah, for sure. It's great. Um, and so we also did an interview with her on yeah. our podcast. I think it was September of 2017. And one of the things I remember about that interview is that Sally had mentioned that people with the highest cholesterol live longest. Isn't that great? Isn't that great? (laughs) And I know some of our listeners probably heard that statement, but I just thought that is a really good takeaway. Oh, I think that's very profound. It is. You know, because of we're so often inundated with your cholesterol's over 200, you're going to, you know, not make it. Exactly. Yeah. Thanks to Sally Fallon. That's right. (laughs) So I bet many of you are wondering about olive oil because Uh that's been one of the healthy fats we've talked about a lot over the years. Um, And it is interesting to learn why olive oil can be a problem. And this is newer research, but um, olive oil is great when you're 
using it cold. That's right. But it can oxidize when it's exposed to either heat or light. Mm-hmm. So you may wonder what oxidize means. Basically, that olive oil reacts to heat and light. It breaks down and forms compounds that are toxic to our cells. So if you leave the cap of off of a bottle of olive oil, it can oxidize over time and it can turn to a damaging fat. Yeah, so it's very delicate. I it is delicate. I always think of olive oil, just be real careful with that. Exactly. Right. And when you're buying olive oil, you want to make sure it's simply pure olive oil. Mm-hmm. And many people are just, you know, grabbing the olive oil off the shelf thinking, well, of course this is olive oil, right? Mm-hmm. But what happens is that sometimes manufacturers are are adding in soybean or canola oil to it, mm-hmm. which then makes it damaged, right? And so we want to avoid the refined and damaged oils. So what we would direct you more to is California olive oil is usually a safer um, place to get it from. Yep, it is. And so because olive oil is so sensitive to heat, it is best used in low heat cooking, such as sauteing. So olive oil is in, uh, and sauteing on a very low heat. Very low. But so olive oil is also great for salad dressing. Some people make homemade mayo out of it. Yeah. Also, um, it is too fragile for high heat. So you should never be using olive oil to fry or for high heat cooking. So in the, in the resource books I was looking at, it said don't use olive oil over 320. But that's why we talk yeah. about low heat, because it's pretty hard to know what temperature that oil is. That's right. So 320 might be just a number, but it is keeping that um, temperature on low or low to low to medium, medium low. Maybe. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you see it smoking in your pan, you yeah. need to throw that stuff away. Exactly. Right? Yeah. So, Joanne, we actually have a caller. Oh, good. So let's take um, Sherry. Welcome to Dishing Up Nutrition. What do you have to ask us today? Yes, good morning. morning. Um, I'm just wondering, my roommate started buying butter, but it's, they, they think they have to have real Irish butter. Seems to be a new thing. Is that any different than butter? Well, what we promote all the time is making sure that it's grass fed butter. Mm -hmm. And so typically if it's, that's what we want. And one of those Irish butters is going to have some good grass-fed stuff in there. Yeah, that Kerrygold oh. yeah. brand is, is pretty popular right now. But that yes, is, is grass-fed. Yes. So that's good. That is grass-fed. So you're all set. Oh, okay. Well, uh, thank you. Well, you're welcome. Thanks for calling. All right. So let's take a look at maybe some other oils that we consider healthy but we don't want to use for high heat. Right. Um, and the oils that I'm going to mention now should just be either used at that cold or room temperature. Mm-hmm. So maybe making salads, maybe making that mayo, that kind yeah. of thing. Um, but not necessarily used for cooking. So those oils would look like walnut oil, mm-hmm. um, macadamia oil, sesame oil, um, tahini, which is a sesame seed paste, mm-hmm. um, the flaxseed oil, and even uh, hemp oil. So those are all going to be good for um, that low, well, no heat. So basically just cold or room temperature. Right. And 
like I mentioned before, they're good for salad dressings, maybe some dipping sauces or just tossing your fresh vegetables in. Even, you know, maybe drizzling some of that over your fruits. You mm-hmm. know, people don't think about using oils a whole lot over their fruits, but it, they can add just a really unique taste and bring out a lot of flavor in the fruit. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe using mixing it with some herbs, but not for cooking, right, Joanne? Right, exactly. Mm. So Dr. Mark Hyman has a great section on fats to avoid in his book. He's got a, a good a good new book out called Food, What the Heck Should I Eat? Nice. <laughs> Which is a pretty good title, I think. It is. Because we all get pretty confused. Not, you know, we're helping to clarify, but so many people are confused. It is. There. And it, there's so much information. Exactly. Yeah. So here's a very extensive list of oils we should avoid. First of all, soybean oil. Generally, it is a refined and damaged oil, so meaning it's been heated right, pretty high. And you're going to find that in so many products. Exactly. So I'm always telling people, you yep. know, look at the ingredients because they don't realize that right. the first ingredient is soybean oil. And any salad dressing in a restaurant is going to automatically be soybean oil because yes. that's what the majority of them are in, you're the, right. in the market. Also, canola oil is one to stay away from. Years ago, we Mm -hmm. were told that was a healthy oil, but that is processed at high heat, another refined and damaged oil. So in our classes, we say if if it says unrefined, if it says cold pressed, if it says expeller pressed, it means that oil has been cold processed and it's a safer oil. Right. but, but so if it, it just doesn't, means, yeah. yeah, not heated, not refined. Right. But if it, you're, you're right, you started saying. Oh, I was just going to say, so if it doesn't say that, mm-hmm. then it is not an oil we want you to be consuming. Exactly. Yeah. It would have to be labeled as such. For sure. So another damaged oil, corn oil. That's another refined and damaged oil. And it looks like it's time for break. So we're going to come back. And continue this list. Yeah, it's a great idea. So you are listening to Dishing Up Nutrition. Now, if you don't know, next week is Thanksgiving weekend. Surprise! (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Right? Feels like that sometimes. So um, we're going to be replaying a very popular show, and it's the one on macular degeneration with our special guest, Dr. Chris Noby. And after years and years of research, Dr. Noby found eating saturated fats to be the most protective against macular degeneration. Statistics actually say that macular degeneration will significantly increase to epidemic portions in the next two decades. So could it be from eating all the low fat that we've been, you know, coerced into eating? Or is it the low bad fat eating? Mm-hmm. Um, butter, lard, and co- or excuse me, coconut oil are all productive fats, the ones we've been talking about today over and over. So maybe it's time we put those back into our diets. And today is a great time to share next Saturday's radio show on macular degeneration with maybe a loved one who might be struggling with that or um, maybe just diagnosed or just anybody who is concerned mm-hmm. about that. And we'll be back. Welcome back to Dishing Up Nutrition. This holiday season, I'd like to suggest a couple healthy fats to put out for your guests. I recommend soaking raw nuts and then slow roasting them. 
They are so delicious and so healthy. They are so yummy. They are so good. <laughs> I have had to make sure I only make them when I've got guests coming. <laughs> I know, exactly. Because they're a little too good. They That's really what I'll are. say about that. Mm-hmm. So you can find the recipe on our website, weightandwellness.com. I also put out a large tray of a variety of olives. Oh, Those nice. are so good, too. Love that idea. A special jar of olives, or nuts for that matter, make a really good hostess gift. Mm-hmm. If you're taking something with you to the to a holiday gathering. I also have one more recipe you can cook for your guests. Our pork and bacon meatballs. These are a real favorite. Uh, and they are at weightandwellness.com. So you can find that recipe. Your guests will be surprised at how good real food tastes. Right. They'll wonder, what did you put in that? Yes. I know. It's so fun. So we are going to quickly take a call. And Kathy, welcome to, welcome to Dishing Up Nutrition. What is your question? Hi, this is Kathy. Um, I'm a health coach, and my question is related to olive oil versus macadamia nut oil. I had a customer tell me that his wife did not want him to use olive oil and instead to use macadamia nut oil. And I, I did a little research, and I'm, I'm wanting if you could speak to is it the omega-3 to 6 ratios that are different with those two oils? Why would, why would macadamia nut oil be a better quality? A better quality. Well, I'm, just, I'm wondering if she was thinking just what we were saying earlier about the olive oil being contaminated with soybean or with canola oil or different kinds of oils and so was just directing him more toward the macadamia nut oil. Um, and that's maybe no, not what he was saying. Well, I, I li- I looked it up, and there's a different ratio. I think olive oil was 11 to 1. I, I can't remember if it was a poly versus mono or okay. if it was omega-3 to 6. Well, I know that the virg- the olive oil is high in omega-9s, too. Um, Nine, that's it. Yeah. That's it. So maybe and macadamia that- has a different profile. Sure, mm-hmm. it sure does. It is. Um, it has a, about 80% monosaturated, and it is an omega-9 as well. But the olive oil is 73% monosaturated. So mm-hmm. she was just looking more for that higher monosaturated content. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Because it is more expensive. It's hard to find. Oh, yeah. It, it sure is. is. Yep. But either okay, would be a you. good choice. You're welcome. Thanks for thanks for calling. Okay. That was a great question. That was a good question. Yeah. So we were talking before break about the extensive list of oils to avoid. We only got partway through that list. So... To recap, we talked about soybean oil being a damaged, refined oil, canola oil the same, corn oil, another damaged oil, and then safflower oil. Um, Again, if it just says safflower oil um, on the label, um, that's a damaged fat. But safflower mayonnaise is okay. Um, We often recommend the brand Hain. We do. But... If the safflower mayo is made from an unrefined safflower oil, um, so the the label would either say unrefined or cold-pressed or expeller-pressed on the label, then that is a safe safe oil 
and to, that, choose. to choose, and that is in used in making the safflower mayo. Right. So we just want to look for those key words. Right. It's just saying safflower oil, stay away. Mm-hmm. If it says expeller pressed or cold pressed, mm-hmm. good to go. Right. Yeah. So a lot of questions, we always also get a lot of questions about peanut oil. Oh, yeah. Peanut oil is on this list of oils to stay away from. Right. So peanut oil, even though you can cook at a fairly high temp, before it starts to break down, the reason it's on this list of oils to avoid is because recent research, these studies have shown that the lectins in the peanut oil can lead to clogged arteries. Oh, wow. Okay. So it is not the healthy fat that we once believed. Right. And this is, you know, more new information that has come out um, in Dr. Mark Hyman's book. Okay. So... Again, vegetable oil. Vegetable oil is often a blend of things like cottonseed oil, which is another damaged fat, and canola and soybean. You know, they're all kind of blended in corn oil. It can be a blend, but still damaged fats. Mm -hmm. Vegetable shortening, same thing. Those damaged fats, and then we add hydrogen atoms to make it a little more solid form. Again, so it's easier to use in processed food. Right. Or pie crust. Like but, Crisco. Is <laughs> yeah, that what like we're Crisco. talking about, right? That yeah. is. And Crisco is actually made from cottonseed oil. Okay. So a damaged fat. Yeah. Um, also, we want to stay away from margarine and all the other butter substitutes and anything that says hydrogenated or partially hydrogenated on the label because that is a trans fat and very harmful and damaging. Yes, for sure. So those are that's the key word there, hydrogenated, partially hydrogenated, stay away. That's right. And you brought up trans fats, and what's awesome is that yes. they were banned earlier this year, actually June 18th of 2018, so hallelujah. Yeah, that's great. Uh, right? Uh, food manufacturers can no longer use those trans fats in our food. So where we were finding them before was in, you know, muffins or cakes or cookies. Uh, but we still want you to be cautious mm-hmm. because they can still use refined oils. So refined oils like that soybean oil I was mm-hmm. talking about earlier, you're going to find it in a lot of processed things. Um, what Joanne was just saying, the refined corn oil, the refined canola oil, and that cottonseed oil. So those are still damaged fats. They are. And, we, and they can still use those. So let's keep our eyes out for that. That's right. So um, we are now um, going to be making a new class called um, Fats and Oils to Use. Oh, and nice. Fats and Oils to Avoid. Nice. So DAR and Nutritional Weight and Wellness staff are putting that class together. And this is a January project. So we're very excited to be able to offer that class later on in the year, 2019, in the new year. So, again, you can call us in the studio. If you have questions, we're just about out of time. Um, But the other thing I thought we should touch on today is using healthy fats in Thanksgiving cooking. Yeah, it's so right Marcy, the corner. So, Marcy, you talked about, to, earlier, I was asking you about what you use for how yeah, you make your green beans. Right, yeah. So, so we were just sharing some recipes, and, and I just said that I use, I'll take the fresh green beans, mm-hmm. and then I'll steam them or saute them, actually, in some coconut oil, mm-hmm. and then put some yummy bacon right in there. Right. And even maybe use a little of the bacon grease, for sure, just to add that extra good 
good taste and flavor. So they're tasty. And that sounds so much better than the mushroom soup recipe. I know. And the fried onion deal. Pretty tired now. That's just bad. (laughs) No more. Tired and bad. And you do. (laughs) That's right. I do a sweet potato recipe. Oh, yes. I love sweet potatoes. So I generally, for this recipe, I'm going to mash it. So I generally steam those sweet potatoes. Mm -hmm. Um, Actually, I use my pressure cooker for that because it goes quicker. Yeah. But um, then I mash those sweet potatoes with coconut oil and ghee, along with a little bit of coconut milk. Top it with pecans and um, and good to go and, and coconut on top. So really oh, good. Yum! That's yummy. That sounds delicious. Well, we are about out of time. Our goal at Nutritional Weight and Wellness is to help each and every person experience better health through eating real food. It's a simple yet powerful message: eating real food is life-changing. Thank you for listening and have a great and happy Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving, everyone. Thanks for listening to Dishing Up Nutrition. If you enjoy this podcast, please share your favorite episodes with a friend or leave a review on iTunes, Stitcher, or iHeartRadio. The content and opinions expressed are those of the hosts or presenters. They are not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent disease. Product statements have not been evaluated by the FDA.